Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you on the concluding part of what I started, but I'm doing a deviation on a different topic. I started talking to you about body, soul, and spirit. Whom do men say I am? Okay, so this morning, I want to make a detour, even though it's the concluding part. I didn't go into the message last week. Uh, But what I want to talk to you about is titled Becoming Blameless Before the Lord. Or you can call it Walk Before Me and Be Blameless. Walk before me and be blameless. Genesis chapter 17, 1 and 2. Genesis 17. Please, get uh, Reverend Della a pen for me. If I'm getting somebody an iPad and he can't, his pen is not writing, his heart will be bitter and say that, look, I don't even have a pen. Apostle is not seeing it. He wants to go and buy iPad mini. Get him a pen for me. In fact, we are about what I'm going to talk about has to do with complaining, complaining, complaining. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis chapter number 17. Let's go quickly. When Abraham was 99 years old, mm-hmm. the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Uh-huh. Walk before me and be blameless. When Abraham was what? 99 years. At this time, Abraham had walked before the Lord for like tw- uh, 24 years, okay, when the Lord, encount- when he encountered God, when he became, quote-unquote, born again, okay, 24 years has come. That day he became born again. God gave him prophecies that he was going to become the father of many nations. God will bless him. Plenty things. Is that not so? And 24 years later, 24 years later, um, he he had another encounter. And the Lord came and said, <laughs> I am the Lord your God. Walk before me and be... At this time, Abraham was not thinking about blamelessness or those things. Abraham was thinking about, Master, what shall I come? You've given me a prophecy about my destiny. And I'm growing. I've raised mighty generals in my house. Okay? Who are giving birth? My, my chief servant. He is giving birth pure, 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 pure. Everywhere. And me, that you spoke to me. Okay? Nothing give me. I gave birth with uh, Hagar. And you say, Nehi, that one is not a blessing. How to even force you to bless that boy, even though it was a mistake. I was able to you were, I was able to get you to bless my mistake. Don't force God to bless your mistake. Tell God to deal with your mistake and allow him to deal with your mistake the way he sees best. Okay. Otherwise when he blesses your mistake and the actual blessing come God and the mistake will not God not the devil will fight the actual blessing. So what you say? Uh so what do you had here? We are in transit. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. We are not going to be a ministry like this forever. 
you are not going to be in 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 uh, small small things like this. Where we are going is also small, but it's just a transit. Let me tell you, we will build one of the most modern auditoriums ever. That when we close from church, you want to get up because the chair will be so comfortable. The ambience. Wow, but now sorry, I'm going to say, ah, I'm in my father's house. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to motivate you. I'm not trying to motivate you. Hallelujah. There will be tea, tea room. Cafeteria. Yes, I'm preaching Glory to God. So Abraham had had an encounter with God, just like you've had an encounter with God. And then he had, he had navigated through a lot of seasons of life. And we see this guy we call the father of faith navigating through, but he had a struggle. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that he hoped against hope, but trust me, it wasn't fala like that. It wasn't as easy as that. Hallelujah. Uh, he, he, he was he, at a point that I believe he gave up. That is why he listened to Sarah to do that thing. To go in for that alternative. It was a difficult thing. Because you don't know when you die. You are growing. You are approaching 90. Nothing in your body suggests that you can even give birth. Nothing in your wife's body suggests that you can give birth. What is this prophecy? That's some of you, some prophecies, you've forgotten about them because you've told yourself, time now, That is how Abraham felt at the time, no way there. He said, what, what, what is, what's life? What are things can I see in my body? My wife's womb is not there, though. It is rotten. Men paused many years ago. Men did what? Many years ago. Hallelujah. All the eggs she came to earth with have been fried. Omelette, the da Do you know that every woman comes to this earth with a set of eggs? Okay. There's a specific set of. Hallelujah. The eggs were finished. And the container of the eggs to it has been rolled up. It's rolled up. Praise the Lord. She was what? At this time she was 89. 89 Abrewa. I want you to see how real these things were. Because when you read the story, you gloss over it. This is as real as what you yourself go through. There are messages God has given to you. You think that it is impossible. But God who gave the message has an agenda in mind. He will watch over his word to perform it. He will watch. Let me tell you, it is man that is limited by time. So when God gives you a message, he is not limited by time, but he is working on something. He is able to pause time. He is able to restore time. He is able to restore seasons. 
But the, most of the time, if it is God and not you, if it is God that is causing the delay of the prophecy, then it means that there is an agenda he wants to accomplish. This is a man that he put in place to become perfect because he was using him as a prototype for the work of salvation. Do you understand me? This is a prototype for the work of salvation and for how destinies are fulfilled before God. And God will not fulfill anything until he noticed that Abraham's heart was undivided towards he God. What God wanted was that Abraham would be blameless as he God is, number one. Number two, that Abraham's joy in life is not in the prophecy or the fulfillment thereof, but the God who gives the prophecy. I repeat, God's agenda was to ensure that Abraham, dependent, dependent on his God 100%, that his heart was never in the fact of the promise of the blessing. That I will make you great is not the reason why he is coming to church. That I will give you money, that I will make you wealthy, is not the reason why he is following God. But he is following God because God is his number one. God is his uh, uh, strength, fortress, and everything. That the nature of God, the image and likeness of God, is what he has become. When God says, become blameless before me, he is saying that become my image, become my likeness. That's what God means. I am redefining blamelessness before God to you. When God says, walk before me and be blameless, he's saying, become, blame, become my image, become my likeness. Because as for God, his ways are perfect. In other words, his ways are blameless. Number two, he says, the word of the Lord is tried and tested. The word of the Lord stands sure. In other words, the word of the Lord is blameless. So you too, when God says be blameless, he's asking that the words of your mouth is yes and amen. In other words, no guilt is in you. So last week, for instance, when I preached, he said, he who wants to love life, he who loves life and wants to see good days, let him do what? Let him refrain his mouth from speaking evil and from all deceit. That, that there is a specific, a specific formula to gain advantage in life and to see good days that there is a particular key of the kingdom that opens the doors for good days not good some good days or bad days not come see come sa life not oh sometimes it is good sometimes it's bad that is how life is no there is a realm where man is able to come to and your days are good he said if you serve him and obey him you will spend your days in pleasure or in prosperity and your years in pleasure. So there is a specific way to see good days, pleasurable days, and years of prosperity. Not some years farming, some lack. No, 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 no. Forward and upward. There is a life like that. And I prophesy and pray over your life. That one of these days, God will break the jinx 
and cause your path to shine brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter, brighter and brighter, brighter and brighter onto that perfect day. I don't care where poverty will see you and run away. In Nigerian movie I watched, uh, the guy said, The distance between me and poverty is some few minutes. <laughs> First, he said, The distance between me and poverty. It's just a matter of time. Then he said, not a long time, oh. Not a long time. Few minutes. Few minutes. It's not a long time. What's the distance between you and poverty? Uh, and prosperity. The distance between you and prosperity. Not a long time. Hallelujah. 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 May your pa- God wanted this man to be blameless before him. After 24 years, why would God come? Any, I'll preach it later on. Anywhere Abraham got to, he will raise an altar, raise a sacrifice, and call on the name of the Lord, and bless God. This guy was sensitive. God saw him as a prophet. And he was waiting for the manifestation of the prophets, prophecy. Whilst doing that, the people that were his servants, he was teaching them how to fight. He was investing skill into them. They were not just serving him, but he taught them how to defend, how to progress, how to live righteously. How do I know that? Look at Eliezer, his servant. When it was time to get a wife for Isaac, Look at her. When he got to Abraham's hometown, he knelt down and prayed. And God answered that prayer. So Abraham had ordered his household after God, as God said that. I knew that this man, he will order his household. Let me tell you, people of God, as God is raising you, let me speak to the pastors first. When God, as God is raising you and you give birth, and by that time, when your child may be rich, you have become so wealthy. Don't use money to raise your children. Use God's word. Don't let your children become sports brats who don't know anything about the God you serve. Only the money and the blessings that the God you serve gave you. There are many pastors' children who are like that. They can't stand in the slippers of their father, let alone their, their father's shoes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm talking to all of you. Okay? Teach them how to pray, how to read their Bibles, how to honor God, and how to respect people, adults, their peers, and those beneath them. Do you understand me? Teach them. And don't subscribe to modern ways of raising children. Oh, I don't care my children, I don't care my children. Massa. Master, you, you were king. You didn't die. Now you say, no, corporal. Master. Child abuse. You that you were abused, having to turn out well now. Some of us, we still have the cane marks on our leg in our old age. 
It reminds us that hey, that's a no, hey, that's a no Jimmy. Cafe Bulu. You look at this and remember the day I went to Fu and they laid me. Hey, this this correction, it has made me who I am. Hallelujah. Oh, coffee, stop that thing. Masa, is that how you are raised? Abraham raised his household. Now, chapter 17, God comes to him. At this time, God knows that Abraham has been murmuring in his heart. Abraham has been complaining in his heart. Okay? And God comes and says, I am almighty God. In other words, let me tell you, there is nothing difficult. When any time God introduces himself in a certain way, that introduction is, number one, to address your mindset. As to who he is. Anytime God comes on the scene and introduces himself a certain way, in other words, number one, he wants to address your mindset in terms of how you see him, who he is, and the path you are walking on, and ultimately what he's about to do with your life. What he's about to do in your life will be by the hand of a mighty God. You get me? When he told Moses, when you go and the people ask you who I am, tell them that I am. In other words, I am a provider. I'm a defender. I am everything. Far above all the plenty gods of Egypt. Do you understand me? Because Egypt has different gods for different events and things. But I am. I am. If they need rain, I am the god of rain. If they need to win battle, I am the god of war. If they need healing, I am the god, I'm the healer. So all his names reveal who he is. If they want something, I am Jehovah Jireh. I provide. If they, they, they are, they, it's as if resources are limited. Tell them that I'm the heavily breasted one. My breast can feed the nations. That's what he said. He calls himself. If you want to know who I am in terms of my dealings, I am a righteous God. I am. I am everything. So tell this nation, because in a nation, different people will have different needs, different challenges, but I am the solution. I am. I am. I am. So when he comes to Abraham and he says, I am almighty. What is the Hebrew word? I am almighty. I am almighty. Not partially mighty. Not sometimes mighty. Not, not, I I don't have weakness. Kratos cannot kill him. He is not like Superman who has a kryptonite. You understand me? That's why Nanaya Wasari sang a song. Say, Sanka wunye nyamia. Anka wahini ni di anka bo wache. You know the power.
there were some principalities that sometimes rebelled to uh, overthrow him. And before they get there, they are overthrown. And sometimes the angels don't know the extent of his power, but they get to know the extent of his power by looking at you. And they go like, hey. Then they will look at each other and say, holy. They will stare, be looking at your life, then they will look at each other and then scream at God, holy. In other words, special, awesome, glorious. He's too special. He's peculiar. Or dance. Anything your friend dance. dance. He's I am. He's I am. He's I am. Then he comes to Abraham. And one of these days he will come to you. Amen. One of these days he will come to you. He said, walk before me. In other words, do everything you do in this life with the consciousness that you are before me. I see you. I know you. I understand you. I know your mind. I know your heart. Take steps before me. Do business before me. Study before me. Have your relationships before me. Walk before me and you will be blameless. The word and be blameless means and you will be. You don't understand that. Reverend Delas said something. He said it twice here and then he said that fire camp. It is impossible to walk in the spirit and not be blameless. The Holy Spirit I know I'm not talking about when you are in the spirit. It is possible to be in the spirit and not walk in the spirit and be fooling around. But it is impossible to walk in the spirit and fool. It's not possible. It is impossible to walk in the spirit and not fulfill your destiny. It is not possible to walk in the spirit and not know the mind of God for each year, each month, each week, each day, each minute, each hour. It's not possible. Because that Holy Spirit, once he has realized that you want to walk with him, he will tell you what to do. Either directly, through dreams, through whatever, or through prophets. He will talk to you. He will tell that this thing, don't do it. This step, don't take it. Sit here, move here, do this business, do this, do that. My word, the way you are speaking to this person is not good. Don't think like that. Don't think like this. Pay your slave. Pay the house up. Give the house up food. Don't talk like this to that child. The Holy Spirit I know. He's a teacher. He's not there for you to just speak in tongues. He will discipline you. Those of us who preach, when I preach and I don't, I say something or I minister arrogantly, when I go home, he doesn't spare me. He doesn't spare me. He never spare me. He doesn't spare me. Sure. I have two encounters with God. I, I, I became steady. Hallelujah. One time I was ministering, I was trying to do, I was preaching, I wanted to do a demonstration as to the kind of power 
that flows through me. You know, people challenge Paul. They say his words are, when you write, it's powerful, but when you say he's, uh, and he said, then he told them that, look, master, it's not like that. Be careful. Okay. Whilst I was ministering, I had heard people say that this guy, he just talks, but we don't say anything. So I called one gentleman. You know, they say the shadow of Peter fell on people. And uh, I said, okay. Then I just, I just stirred up the, the, the grace. And I said, come. We were doing it outside, the meeting outside. And I said, come. And then I told the people in front what is going to happen. I didn't say it into the, for him to know what is going to, so that he would do it. And then people say, I said, well, I said, just stand there. Just stand there and close your eyes. And I said, watch. Then I made them tell the people what's going to happen. And then I passed by. As soon as my shadow fell on him, he fell bright. He started screaming. Then the people stood up. The preaching continued. And then we closed. When I was going, I was... I was. I said today they've seen that. They will know not to joke around with me. Then I went to sit on the, in the computer lab trying to do my assignment before I go home. Then the Holy Spirit said, how dare you? How dare you? Is this what I gave you? Did I ask you to do that? Did I do it? ask you to do that? The blastings. The blastings. Humble yourself. I told you to be humble. I require humility from you. You will not do these things. You will not disgrace me. You. Hey! I wept in the lab, sir. I couldn't do my assignment. I went home. Hey! He said, I will take my life from you. I will take my power and my grace from you. The next time. He said, Father, I'm sorry. Father, I'm sorry. Father, I'm sorry. Father, I'm sorry. I'll do it again. Father, I'm sorry. From that day, from that day, I don't care what you say about me. I will not be tempted by you to demonstrate power. I will only do it when I hear that. Do this. Me. He said, if you are the son of man, turn this into bread. And then he, then me, I should do it. No. Be blameless means walk in my dictates. Walk in my counsel. Do things the way I want. Not, don't let circumstance make you do things. <laughs> let me even add that. Don't let Satan give you prayer topic. Don't let your prayer topics be based on what a witch is doing. Do you hear me? Pray because God says pray and pray this way, pray that way. Pray because God demands it. Hallelujah. Give because God says give. Love because God says love. Don't let it be because you want to impress human beings. What's your motive? The Bible says that God, he understands the motives. He doesn't know. He understands your motive. Uh, Lord. He understands. He says actions are weighed by him. 
actions are done what? Weighed. And he understands motives. Actions are weighed. He knows the meaning behind that action. He knows that what I did, no, it was not to glorify God, but to let the people know that. Don't joke with Brakwisi. But that does not bring glory to God. That is why every time they ask Jesus, what sign shall you show for us to believe? He said, I will give you no sign. You are not the one to dictate what signs I give. What I see my father do, John 5, that is what I do. That is what it means to be blameless. Walk before me because in the fulfillment of destiny, you must be who Jesus says you are. Don't say you have an anointing, you have a covenant. Abraham had a covenant. But God needed Abraham to know that in spite of the covenant, I need you as part of the covenant uh, manifestation. Uh, your, your end of the deal is that walk before me. Don't walk before the world. Don't walk before people's emotions. Don't be led by your emotions. I t- I'm telling you, make a show. So what you are saying? God, who created you, demands and requires that. Because, when, when Moses hit the rod and water came, yes, water came. You say yes, it's but God was angry. And, and that act alone, God, God didn't... Look how the statements say, because you dishonored me. Age. Miracle. You will think that it is a glorious miracle. Hey! He hits the rock and water came out. This is glorious. Father, God said, you have dishonored me. Miracle happened though. But God, said, but God says you have dishonored. And because of this dishonor, you will not continue the work of taking my grace. You will not get your destiny. Hey! Miracle happened. The healing occurred. The people testify. We got water in the wilderness from the rock. He hit it. God said you dishonored me. Why? Because he did not do it the way I said you should do it. What worry? All right, but who worry? Is any of you worry? When you break through, no, but who you are? No, you are quite so. Unsaka promotion, no, but aye, you are quite so. No, unsaka aye. When you are bano. But But if God weighs it, are you blameless or not? Whom do men say I am? The people may clap for you. That is what they know about you. But whom does whom do God know you to be? A dishonorable person. Or an honorable person, a blameless person, or somebody that did 
his own way. One of the dynamics of power is that once you extend it, it will flow. But did it flow according to God or according to emotions? Because that's according to the power at work in us. That's how God, the power of God moves. Until you are a custodian of the power. He said, let men so account of us as stewards. So the thing is in your domain. You extend it the way you will. But God says, do it according to my will. You have dishonored me before the people. And so, don't talk to me about this matter. You will not get there. May that never be said of you. May that never, I pray for you that God will not find reason. I remember in the U.S. elections, when Trump was in power, some, in September, around September or early, my father in the Lord called me and said, my son, I want you to pray that Trump will win. Because if Trump wins, that is the beginning of your ministry in the U.S. He said you will explode in the U.S. because of some things that God is doing. Then a week, exactly a week to the election, I had been praying, oh, me, I didn't care about Trump. Sir Willie is a prophet. Sir Willie supported Trump from day one. I said, sometimes you post him to him, I said, ah, what, what does he see about this guy? This rough guy always saying things. And I mean, I can't stop. My heart, my heart can't stand some things. I said, Willie was always in support of that man. So my father and the Lord said, pray for that man. I said, hey, so it's as if I should have bought into the anointing of Sir Willie. I said, I pray for him. One week, one week to the election. Then my father in the law called me and said, stop praying, Trump will not win. I said, oh. Any of you He said, heaven is angry with him. I said, daddy, why? He said, he has tampered with something and the court of heaven just took the thing away from him. For, so he will go, but he will come back. He said, he will come back. But it is for him to learn humility. So heaven will not give it to him. I said, ah. So what happens to the prophecy about you? He said, don't worry about that one. <laughs> I said, eh, what cry is this now? So I started monitoring the election. And the guy lost. They cheated him. They cheated him. I know I'm online. I don't care. They cheated him. CNN jubilated. But they said, we did it. When he won, he said, we, yeah, we did it. We finally got rid of him. They cheated him. I don't care what they say. Praise the Lord. They tried to use Russia or whatever. When they did their investigation, what did they find? It was all dust. But the lesson here is this. How is it that heaven chose him? That heaven wanted him to continue a second term. And then, just some few weeks, the court of heaven says, no. No. Please, I think there's war inside there. Go and deal with the war. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Few minutes, few hours, few weeks to the time. I'm missing my summer dream. A sign, a comma, any near in tea. 
How is that heaven says we will give you this? In a few minutes, few hours, God says, no. Watch your heart and watch your ways. Walk before me and be blameless, says the Lord. What does it mean to be blameless? It means to walk in the image and likeness of God. It means to walk by the dictates of God's word. It means to have the right motive. It means to not be led by your own emotions. It means to not be led by your own whims and caprices. It means to not be, uh, to not, do not allow what people say to influence you. Someone to King Saul, wait, I am coming. I will offer a sacrifice and then the battle will begin. He waits two days and some few hours. Then the enemy begins to move. And then the people around him are afraid and discomfited. Then Saul remembers the same Samuel told me when he anointed me that I should do as occasion. Please, if you are a man of God, I'm talking to you. See, I'm standing here. I'm talking to you people. When God gives you a word, give the word, don't add your own opinion to it. When you have a vision that Osofo Chris stand up, one I may use that one day Osofo Chris is in a car, he's going to visit stand up uh, in Shira. And once Osofo was in a car, he was just whistling. <laughs> hey, Osofo Chris, a suspect, he is going to visit. I'm seeing this. This is something a true story that I'm creating a scenario around. You've seen that the man of God is going to visit this person. Then you conclude in your mind, this guy is chasing this girl. You didn't allow God to give you the interpretation. And God is like that. God can just show you a short vision. Maybe you see a short vision. I'm hugging her. Hey, Father, thank you for exposing <laughs> apostle to me. I said it. The way this guy, they say he is kind. Uh, Prophet Odo is saying, Apostle, you are, you are a true Christian. I mean, I knew that. Maybe it's a seed he has given to him. That's why he said, this man, he's not correct like that. Ah, He's a man. And you say that all these 20 years, he, oh, me, I said it. I suspected him. That foolish mindset is what will give you interpretation to that revelation. That foolish mindset. Somebody who was a member of the ministry. And you know how people say that, oh, men of God are humble until they get money. So he, she used to tell herself that this man, when he gets money, he will change. I was there when he had a dream. This is two years ago. She had a dream. And she came to me. She said, I want to see you. I said, oh, we can send voice. And she said, no, I want to see you. He said, first he asked me, when you get money, what will you do? And I told her some few things. He said, it's okay. I said, what is it? He said, I had a dream about you. In the dream, I was coming to visit you. When I came, when I came, I saw your house. It was a huge mansion. And the, your gate, you know, some houses, the security post is not some small thing. The, the security post is a house on its own. 
with securities and things. And they made him sign, sign, her sign, sign. Then she came in. When she came in, she said she saw one of the a church member who is very destitute, very poor, and nobody regards in the church. Okay. The person is even here, the, that, per, that particular person. Okay. Is here right now. He saw that me and the person, had brought, the person had come to visit me in the house, and I was eating kinky and fish and things. And when I saw the person, I just brought the food out, and then we sat on the, we sat down, and we were eating, and we were, I was laughing and chatting with the, the person. We were eating and chatting. And then she appears, she looked at me, and then the voice told her, this is who he is. This is who he is. He is like me. He does not discriminate against people. Then she woke up. So she was, she was like ashamed of the motive she had about me. And she came to tell me the dream. And I told her that what you saw is not for me to know. It's for you. And I said, yes, she understands. Because many years ago, I had a friend that I used to give opportunity to minister if he came here, for instance, like I'll be sitting and he'll be ministering. One day, he too, he had a similar revelation. I was at work when he came to me. But he didn't understand the revelation because of his thwarted motive and understanding of me. He had a revelation. He said he saw a small boy who was heavily anointed. The boy jumped into the atmosphere and somersaulted. And I was teaching the boy that you can do, he can do better. So he, I jumped and I did skills in the atmosphere higher than him, and I came back. Then the guy looked at me, the boy looked at him, and, and looked at and then jumped higher than I did and did more skills and looked at me. Then when he got there, then, then I shook the guy and I and I and I was like, okay, good. Then I went to sit down. Then he told me that the, the message is that. God wants me to know that I can do far better than what the boy did, but I shouldn't look down on myself. When she, he told me, and he was leaving, and the Lord said, that is not the message I gave him. I want him to know who you are, that you are not competitive, that you are here to raise people, and that when people do better, you are excited. But because of his bad understanding of who you are, he, that is not the message I gave him. Because when he was saying that, God says, I, knew, I could not resonate with the message. I don't know. No. I don't look down on myself. <laughs> on the contrary, I'm trying to deal with pride. I'm trying to deal with overconfidence. I don't look down on myself. I don't look down on myself. <laughs> I know who I am. <laughs> I, don't, I, I am not intimidated by anybody's gift. I am not. I am not. One day my father in the Lord called me. He said, the angels are asking, when will you prophesy? When Your son. Why won't he? When will? I said, daddy, wait, I'm looking for something. He said, you've, prophesied, you've even prophesied to me, me. Why don't you prophesy in front of the people? I said, daddy, wait. He spoke, son. I said, daddy, okay, I'll start doing it. I'm not, I don't look down on myself. If you see me prophesying to the ears of people, it's not because I am shy or I don't know the problem. I, I, I am rather trying to deal with this flesh.
But some of you, some of you, if it's not you prophesying, then the prophecy is fake. We'll come there very soon. Your motive, to confirm your suspicion. It doesn't mean God has spoken. In the same way, if you are designing somebody's husband, you will have a dream that you are marrying. You see how beautiful Jesse is? Just stand up. Look at the smile. Nice teeth. Uh, uh. Look at her, honey. Uh, round face. African queen, puppy B. Uh, look at her skin. When I'm sardine. Cocosin is shocked there. I have raps. <laughs> Papa Robin is not looking. <laughs> if you like her from afar, okay, and you begin to Always imagine. You will have dreams. You will have dreams. It does not mean that God is approved. The business of your mind in the day will show up in your dreams. It will show up. Your desires will show up in your dream. It doesn't mean that I may approve it. So be careful. God has warned me before. He says, don't be led by your spirit. Many years ago, I was a student. He said, if you are a prophet, it's not everything that comes to you that is me speaking. Your spirit can be picking things up from the campus. I have been telling you, Satan gave Jesus a revelation. Also, for Satan gave Jesus a revelation. He didn't just show him foolish things. He showed him glory. Kobosam gave Jesus a revelation. You would have gone, ah, this fasting is successful. See, the fasting, no, so I was fasting. I saw a spirit coming to show me. That's the whole. And it was Satan. And he just showed him the revelation. The first thing Kobusam did was that he took Jesus. He took Jesus. He took him to a high mountain. Jesus was fasting on 40 days. And Satan came to hold him and led him to a high mountain. You. Your ancestor can come and hold you. You can sit down. So what you here. So walk before me and be blameless. Will defend you. Will keep your motive. It will keep your heart pure. And it will let you discern. It will sharpen your discernment. When you decide to walk before God by his dictate. By his spirit. Your discernment will be sharpened. You will know. This man of God wrote a book. The Deceit of Lucifer. Okay. He had that encounter after doing 80 days of fasting and prayer. Dry. 80 days. And it's angry of blessed memory. He did the first 40 days. When he was about to break, God says, continue. Shut your door. Don't go out of your bedroom. Stay there. 
So the, the Holy Spirit will bring two lights from afar. So distinguish between these two lights. Which one is an angel? Which one is God? Uh, a demon? He got it all wrong many times. Many times. You couldn't tell the difference. Then the Holy Spirit began to tell him, first know this light that is coming. Know the, the smell of the light. Know the nature of the light. No, no. Satan is able to turn himself into an angel, but he cannot become the light. He can turn into the image, but the nature of the light, he doesn't have it. So know the nature. No, there are some things. After that, he wrote the deceit of Lucifer. He made me know, it was from him I know that the prophecy that some uh, Saul received from the supposed spirit of Saul is not a prophecy from God. And that it wasn't the spirit of Saul that he, uh, Samuel he encountered. He said, no witch, no demon can conjure the spirit of a man that is in Christ or who died in the Lord. He is in the bosom of the Father. He is in the bosom of the Father. A voice from hell cannot conjure him. It's not possible. A man who died in the Lord, you, that you are in with Satan, you can conjure him from the realm that he is to appear to you. Who born dog? From those revelations of scripture, God showed him from scripture and he wrote the seat of Lucifer. These truths come to men who are blameless before the Lord. Why? Because the Bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. The secret of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord, the mind of the Lord is with those. And to fear the Lord is to have a reverential fear and an and, and agreement with his ways. Now, let me go to the main message. The reason for one of the ways for bl- blamelessness is the way we speak and the way we react to issues of life. So, what you are saying. Now, I've told you, God wanted Abraham to have his image and likeness and to make sure that the baby that is coming is not the reason why you are serving me or for which you have been faithful for these 24 years. Because I'll test you. When I give you the blessing, when I give you the breakthrough, oh, I will ask you to sacrifice a breakthrough. Imagine that I come, I come and pack my X6 shite. Then we are praying, oh, then God says, Kingsley, I need to go and drop this X6. Because I've already given four cars out. I won't feel it. Even though it will pay me. Oh, pain, it will pay. Share. You think he didn't pay Abraham when he had to go and sacrifice Isaac? After 25 years. Father, what is it? It will pay you, but you will do it. Jesus said, this one is painful. I don't want to face it, but your will be done. The prayer Jesus wants to pray. It's a complaint. It was a memory. And Pastor Satan is saying, I'm saying just what I said. I want to tell you that God, there, there are two ways 
of complaining. There are two aspects of it. One, God doesn't have a problem with it. One, will make God kill you. In being blameless before God, every human being has the tenacity and the proclivity to complain, to grumble, and to murmur. One of it will make God answer you in love, in in all his greatness, because it honors him. The second aspect of it will make God kill you, will make God destroy you, will make God's anger burn hot against you. Are you here with me? And that's what I want to deal with, and then we'll close. In your walk of being blameless before the Lord. Do you understand me? James says that any human being that does not falter with his mouth, any human being that does not do what is blameless and perfect in all things. Is it true? Is it true? You are not minding me. Write these things down. Who has, who has, who has grumbled before? Who has complained before? Against God first. Let me see by hand. If you have not complained against God before, your, your Christian's journey has not started. Hey! God will dribble you. You say, Father, I mean, I worship you. I'm going to church again. No. What is this thing I prayed about that you don't want to answer? Who has been very, your anger has been hot against God before you wanted to give up? Me, I threw away my Bible and my book of prophecy. I threw it. I threw it. Shoo, shoo. I said, take yourself. Make I take it myself. Don't send anybody to me to prophesy. Don't prophesy. When I go to church, I will still serve. Don't let any man of God prophesy to me that you do this for me. I don't want to hear. If you want any prophecy, tell them that God says what I told you yesterday. I'm not going to do it at 12 o'clock. Let it be done. Otherwise, don't tell me don't, don't. I don't want to hear I will. Say I have. If I hear I will, I will walk out of that man of God. I don't. I told God. Share. What is this one to? Abraham faced that. Put back Genesis 17. Let me show you something. Then I'll let you write something. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Now my time. I need to finish the message. We will not do part two. Verse two. And I will make my covenant between me and you uh-huh. and will multiply you exceedingly. Uh-huh. Verse three. Then Abraham fell on his face. And As, oh, Abraham, you remember all the things I've told you about him. Yes. He has been waiting for this prophecy to come to pass. For 24 years, God comes and starts repeating the same prophet. Look at Abraham. Let's go. Then Abraham fell on his face. Uh-huh. Verse 4. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Uh-huh. No longer shall your name be called Abraham. Uh-huh. Your name shall be called Abraham. After 24 years of the first prophecy, God is giving more details about it after 24 years. If 
that's how God treats you. Won't you complain? Antonia, won't you complain? 24 years, you were a fresh girl. And Jessica, how old are you now? Fresh girl. That 24 years has come to add to your age. Then God is remind, is coming to now explain the prophecy after 24 years. Uh, what will you do? Will you, will you be happy? That is the God you are worshipping. But he has a purpose in mind for doing that. Let's go. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but uh-huh. your name shall be called Abraham. Uh-huh. For I have made you a father of many nations. Let's go. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, mm-hmm. and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant mm-hmm. to be God to you and your descendants after you. Okay. Let's go. Eight. eight. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of, the, of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Let's go. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. Let's go. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Mm-hmm. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations. Mm -hmm. He who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall be circumcised. It's okay. So after 24 years, God is now... Give him the terms. If it is you, will you be happy? If it is you, will you be happy? What can you say? If it is you, you complain. If it is me, I'll complain. I said, Father, you could have told me this maybe five years when I moved out from my father's house. I'll complain. Jump to, go back to chapter, seven, chapter 15. Genesis 15 from verse 1. Mm-hmm. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, mm-hmm. Do not be afraid, Abraham. Mm-hmm. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. This is God again. <laughs> I was enjoying my father's company in wealth. You say, make a commot, then go somewhere. Where you go bless me, then give me picking. A commot. Where they obey you. As I turn up, they go self. You know, make a way nothing go. I wear nothing. You know, it's the same thing, Tokyo. Say if they go, I make you no way back. As they turn up, no, left that laptop, left that bag, left the food. Say, enter any house, any show where them go, serve you, you know, make you chop them. Even if you be go, go, they you know, they chop, go, they make you chop that whatever food them. I do all these things. I follow you. Now that I think, say, the word they come, no, you get, they talk, say what? You are my exceeding great reward. Master, what language is that one? Is, is it God we will eat? Yes, it is God we will eat. Hey, you said if I live, you will bless me. You will give me this, you give me that. Because our problem is that we define blessings by material gain. We don't define blessings the way God defines blessing. What say, hey, 
testimony, you will never come and give because you don't have a car, your house. You don't have $20,000 in your account. You have not received a job offer that pays you $50,000 a month. You, 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 you don't have the, 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 you don't have me back. Do you understand? That man you are crashing on has not said yes to you. You had a dream 50, when you were 15 that you get married. You are now 30, 47. <laughs> Every lady that you, you see in a vision that you are going to get married to, when you apply, then the lady bounce you. Look at me. Look, forget about Reverend Ella. Look at me. I'm preaching to you. Praise the Lord. If it is you want to complain, then God comes. In spite of your complaint, he said, don't be afraid. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Verse 2, quickly. Verse 2, but Abraham said, Lord, then, what, Look at Abraham's answer. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? God says, me, I'm your shield. In other words, I'll defend you. Number one. Number two, I am your reward. I am everything you are looking for. You think the answer Abraham is giving is a praise answer? It's a thank you answer. It is what? Complain. It's a grumbling. Very fine one. So, Lord, Master, look at it. <laughs> He didn't say, oh, Lord Jesus, God bless you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He said what? Look at this. Everybody but, read with me. But Abraham said, one go, everybody, one go. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Oh, senior, baby, my dear, no. The one who inherits. I am I'm growing. You, God, you are eternal. Me, my days here. What scripture is that? Job. It was in Job. It's in Job. He said, man, born of woman, is few of days and full of trouble. Jesus has not come yet. So that was true. It's not true for your life. You are not born of woman. You are not born of woman. Kano na me na wo o me na wo mi bio. So you are not born of woman. You didn't understand. Kano na me na wo o o me na so na wo mi. He says, my mom gave birth to me first, but now you have birthed me anew. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is no longer flesh, it's spirit. You are born, not of the will of man, not of blood, but by God. Do you understand me? 
So that scripture was true, even for Abraham. You know that Job lived before Abraham. Job was far, far, far older than Abraham. The book of Job, oh, far, far, far old. Do you understand me? Now, Job says, man, born of a woman, is few, has few days. And those few days, is full of trouble. So Abraham says, Masa, okay, he gave you Job 14 verse 1. Put back the Genesis 15. 15 now, God says, Abi, Abi, don't be afraid in this life. I, God, I am your shield. Number one. Number two, I am your exceeding, exceeding. I exceed any reward you will get. Me, myself, like Papa Roli has been telling us, I see uh, the KCF student, I am worth much more than how many boyfriends? Ten. They don't believe that. That's why they are still going for... Uh, <laughs> because they see your wife, so they don't believe that. You see, Mama Eugenia. <laughs> if God came to you and gave, told you that word, Auntie Matilda, I am your exceeding great reward. What will you tell God? Wait, don't say it now. That uh, Say it with all the problems, all your aspirations, all the prophecies that you have been waiting for for 24 years in mind. What will you tell God? Who is she? What say? We have me great reward. That is what Gideon told the angel. You mighty man of valor. God is with you. God's favor is on you. He said, Master Giant said, Fono. Giant said, Fono. Giant said, Fono. Giant said, Fono. Who mighty man da? Who angel? Who mighty man da? Who mighty man da? If you see mighty man, you know they see him. You look at me. I am threshing what? Uh, wheat in a wine press. If I am mighty, I'll thresh wheat in a wheat uh, uh, Press not a wine. I'm hiding it. I come from the least family, the least tribe, and me amongst my people, I'm the least. About the name, he mighty man. If it is you, you will complain. If it is you, you will complain. Your mother is sick. Your father is sick. There is no money. Nobody is paying your school fees. You are about to be sacked. And God comes to you. He doesn't say anything about your trouble. He is telling you, I am your exceeding great reward. When we close fire camp, a lady came to me. When she was telling me her issue, Papa Roli brought the lady. When she said, and I told her that, wait, wait, wait. God is telling me something. It's funny, so wait. He said, when you see all this fire come, your number one desire is that one of the prophets, one of the men of God will call you and prophesy about this matter. Then she started crying. He said, yes. He said, but nobody, 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 God, God didn't show me. Like, if you had not come to tell me, like, I won't know. God didn't show me. God didn't show any of the ministers. The people who came to minister, prof, uh, Prophet Ben, 
Prophet Todro, Bishop Ose, nobody. It was, they were all blinded to it. So your heart is sad. He said, it's true. He started crying. If it is you, won't you complain? Father, I sow seed into this prayer. I have done this. I have done that. We will complain. Is that not so? Abraham complained, even though he hoped against hope. He said, share. I am growing. What will you give me? Uh, can't you see I'm growing? My servant. Have you heard it before? That my servant is the one who will inherit my property. Not my child. Because you have shut my wife's womb. You said I'll go to school under scholarship. Look at me. I am 42. I finished school. No job. You told me last year that I feed the ebe, ye, ye. I feed the ebe. And look at me. So situations make us complain. Issues make us grumble. Even though we have faith, situations make us grumble against God. Do you understand me? And Abraham grumbled against God. So God came back in chapter 17 and said, Master, be blameless before me. Be blameless before me. Because even though I love you, by your words, you may be condemned. You won't be blameless. He says, your words will either justify you or condemn you. So be careful. The reason why God got angry with Job, that is it. Chapter 38. This is God, though. Everybody want to go. Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Without knowledge means that God is saying that, Job, all the things you have said, it is foolishness, it is vapor. You don't have knowledge. In other words, what Jimmy? All the complaints, all the memories, there is no knowledge inside. And yet you have been quoting it for yourself. Hey! Trouble can make you complain with words without knowledge. Have you noticed that? You can pray without, with words without knowledge. Why didn't God strike Job? Because he understood. I told you that there is a certain kind of complaint. It will make God answer you. But there is another kind of complaint. God will kill you. I should teach you. Eh? That's why we are doing this service. So that you will complain righteously. Because the second kind of complaint that makes God kill people is called the faithless complaint. Faithless faithless with a wicked motive he will kill you you understand me are you here or you have gone home psalm 55 verse 17 evening and morning and at noon i will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice give me another version give me an nlt Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress. Uh-huh. The Lord hears my voice. Give me another version. Let me open my Bible and see. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur. Uh-huh. There's a version I'm looking for. And you hear my voice. I will do what? I will complain and murmur. And God will do what? He will hear my Hey, voice. didn't the Bible say don't murmur? The guy says, morning, afternoon, evening, I will complain. And you, God, you will hear my voice. In other words, number one, 
my complaint is to you, not to human beings. When you go to God personally and say, Father, I don't like it. Father, I am in distress. I don't like my life. I don't like what is happening. It is, it is, it is hurting me. It is doing what? Can you change it for me? Lord, I've waited for you for 24 years. I've waited for you for how many years? Your own life. How many years? Five years. You told me I will marry. All the men that come to me are foolish men. All the men that propose are married women. They, they are married in Kumasi, but they want to marry me in Accra. Father, all the girls that come that I see that I like, by the time I find out, they are they are foolish girls. They are not marriage material. Adukudon Kra, they are not. Some people don't know what Adukudon is. King Lemuel's mother told him, son. Don't give your strength to a woman who wastes the strength of a, of a king. There are women, foolish women. They are wasters. I declare over your life, you are not a waster. You are a suitable helper. You are God's own precious gift. Job chapter 10 verse 1. Job chapter 10 verse 1. Mm. I am disgusted with my life and loathe it. I will give free expression to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. This is one of the reasons why God rebuked Job. But the psalmist, the psalmist, when he was complaining, and most of the psalms are full of complaints, and God comes to answer. Psalm 17, 3, it's a complaint. And yet God comes to answer. God doesn't get angry. To kill the people who are complaining. Have you noticed that? There is a way to complain. First of all, okay, let me give you two categories. The first complaint against God. If you have any complaint against God, go to God. Don't tell human beings. And don't utter it into the air. God will kill you. When I say God will kill you, I'm saying that God will destroy you. He hates it. God wants you to come to him. When Jesus was afraid against the cross, he went to his father and said, Lord, this thing I wish that I won't go through it. Do you understand me? Because our complaint gives the devil an advantage. When you complain, you are telling God that you are unfaithful. When you complain against the ways of God, you are telling God that, Father, you don't have what it takes to honor your word. In other words, you are not a faithful God as we see you to be. You are a God of partiality. You are unable to do what you say you do. You are not as just as the Bible says you are. And when you say these things to God, or when, when your words connotes those things, what you are doing is that you, you, are, you are unconsciously lifting up the devil because these are Satan's accusation against God. When we complain, we make, we make it look like God has does not have the integrity he claims he has. The book of Psalm, like I said, is full of scriptures. Let me give you two more. Psalm 137. 
By the river. This is one that you people like a lot. Yeah. You turn it into a song. I don't like that song. By the rivers of where we This is a song, a psalm of complaint. Okay? And when they complained, God was not angry. Any complaint, it's just like I said, God does not mind doubt. When your doubt leads you to question him in, in, in wanting to know his ways, he is not bothered about it. When God, the people of God complained against God and God got angry, and he, Moses went to God, and God said, the people said they are hungry, and they are complaining. God was angry at the people. And then God said, don't worry, I'm going to open the windows of heaven, and I'll give them meat. They will eat. Then Moses said, Father, the people, they are a lot too. When will you get meat to feed all these over three million people? When will you get meat to satisfy these people? And God answered, Moses and said, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? God got angry at the complaint of the people when they said, we are hungry. You brought us here. Look at how they put it. You, you brought us here to kill us with hunger. We wish we were in Egypt. Some of you, that's your complaint. I wish I was not a Christian. I wish I didn't, I didn't come to this church. I wish I didn't meet this apostle who is always making us pray. And then he will invite men of God and they will take our money. Praise the Lord. You have your complaint, you have been complaining. Is that not so? You have your complaint. I wish I didn't marry this man. I wish I didn't marry this woman. What worried me cried that I, I, I decided to date this person? I shouldn't have listened to that prophecy. I said that before. Lift up your hand and God will heal you. Praise the Lord. I wish I didn't do this. Eh? And God got angry. And yet Moses also says to God, in doubt, hey, Lord, these people, you give them meat from here. And God answers him, not in anger, but reveals an eternal truth. So there is a doubt that honors God. And there is a doubt that dishonors God. That's what I'm trying to fix this morning. Because one of it will make you blameful and God will hurt you. I pray for you that you will never fall in the wrong books of God. That by favor, God will answer every question of yours. Do you understand me? And God says to Moses, I am the God of all flesh. I created this flesh that you are walking in. I can create flesh from the earth right now and feed the people. I am the God of all flesh. I'm the God of all flesh. I don't like the way the people complain because I am the one leading them. I am responsible for their well-being. I will not let hunger kill them. If they are hungry, what stops them from saying, Father, Give us food. That's how God wants you to behave. Father, the prophecy is keeping long. Lord, help me. Father, you said this will happen, but this one, look at Job. He said, I loathe my life. One day he cares the day he was born. 
He said, my life disgusts me. Job 10. I am disgusted by my life. Why did you give birth to me in this family? Why did you bring me? For, oh, Father, there is family that is rich. Why did you bring me into this particular one? Why? Why did you give birth to me in Ghana when there is Sweden? Father, there are places that when you do ministry, you become rich automatically. Why are you telling me to go to Akimoda? Eh? And you have given my brother Accra, a chassis wow. student. And me, I'm going to a place where there is no university self. <laughs> Father, what should I do? What did I do to you? Why are you making people travel? They are traveling. Eh? Me, they are bouncing me visa. I am qualified, but they keep bouncing me job opportunities. What should I do? You can go to God and say, Father, what is happening? I don't understand. I don't understand. And God will honor your prayer request by giving you an answer that will even show you revelation. When Hannah noticed that she was in distress, her rival was always messing her up. She went to the temple of God and made her complaints to the Lord. Anytime you go to God and you make your complaint directly, God will answer you. When you come to God in the bitterness of your soul and say, Father, this is not how I thought it would be. What is happening? God will acknowledge you. He will never be angry with you. You understand me? So the best way to complain, the best way to, to grumble is to go to God himself. You understand me? And say, Father, what is happening? I don't understand. I don't understand how my mom is treating me this way. I don't understand how my father is treating me this way. I don't understand how my, my children are treating me this way. I don't understand how my boss is. Father, what, what is happening? Talk to me. My soul is bitter. I am sad. I don't like the situations I am in. Lord, speak to me. That kind of grumbling, it does not offend God. It does not make him angry. Hallelujah. Psalm 74. That kind of complaint, it will never incur God's anger. So God is not displeased when you about complaining or grumbling per se. He is displeased about how and who to whom you do it. The motive behind your complaint. If your complaint is to make you feel that you have a better way, God will dis- is displeased with you. If your motive is to insult the way God chose for you, we wish that we were back in Egypt. Hey, 
Do you know God's agenda? Do you know why he brought you out of Egypt? Do you know the intention? Do you know that before you were born, you already prophesied that Egypt is part of your story and you must be in Egypt? Do you know why God took you, uh, your, your, you to, through the land of Egypt? When you begin to murmur against the ways of God, he is displeased. But when you remember because you want to understand them and you go to him and say, Father, why are we in the wilderness? What are we doing here? Then he'll tell you that the wilderness is not a place of death. It's a place of preparation. It's a place where I empower you because there is where you are going, the place of victory, there is battle. When I say that I'm, I'm giving you life, that is upward and forward. There are opposers that will come at you to pull you down from that up place. But, but by that time, because you've gone to the wilderness, you'll be so strong to be able to withstand the enemy when he comes to you. When you are up there and the enemy wants to pull you down, you remember that when you were in the wilderness, you killed the scorpion, you killed the dragon. The, let me repeat it. You killed the dragon and... In the wilderness, he killed the bears and the lions. So when he brought to the, 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 the place of the battle that of, of his destiny, and when he met Goliath, he said, even though the king was afraid of Goliath, even though the well-trained people were afraid of Goliath, because he had been trained in the wilderness, he said, this guy, this uncircumcised Philistine, he's just like that, uh, those bears and lions, I will kill the, him. And by that training, he won victory for the nation, and he gained national recognition. So when you don't understand why you are going through, many people ask me, Apostle, why me? Why? Every day battle. My mother, my father, this finance school, this. And every time I pray, the answer is one. It's because of what he is carrying. It's because of where I'm taking them to. And God wants that battle to toughen you up. Because, my dear, when you become rich and the media begins to write, you are Illuminati, you are occult. I, I saw something. I was so sad. A man of God was preaching. Sometimes when we are pointing by mistake, we do our hand like this. Or when we are preaching. They say it's occultic symbol, so we are Illuminati. Because I was preaching and I did my hand like this. I, when I was in second school, any time I preach, I used to do my hand like this. Subconsciously. They say it's an Illuminati, I'm occult. And now they are saying it around you. When you are popular, how will you feel? If you don't take care, you will do directions to kill people. Do you get me? So God will pass you through the wilderness. That place, it is just you and Him. He will work on your heart, He will work on your temper. You will make men ride on your back. He said, we pass through the waters. We pass through the fire. He caused men to ride upon our packs. Then he brought us to the wealthy place. There is a deliberate process. If you don't understand the fire, and you, whilst you're in the fire, say, Father, what from this fire? Why is life so hot? Why is life so hot? When you go through the waters, why is life so cold? Why am I? Why does it feel like I'm drowning under financial pressure? Why? He said, don't worry, I'm, I'm with you. I'm your exceeding great reward. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. This water will not kill you. This fire will not drown you. Then you come to the place, another place, just when you thought that the fire is over, then men begin to trample upon you. Men begin to look down on you. Men begin to step on you. Say, Father, why are men disregarding me? He said, don't worry about their words. Their words don't matter. Let them say what they want to say. Let them do what they want to do. 
you are not, they are not the determining factors. Men rode up on our backs. Father, why are men displeased with me? I've done them nothing. I've only tried to do good. He said, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't look at them. I am training you. If you run with footmen and you are tired, horsemen are coming. Where you are going, you, are, you have to rule over horsemen. Horsemen, they will blow dust on you. They will ride upon you with their chariots. But when the chariots run over you, you die. So I want you to be able to overcome uh, footmen. Overcome the attitude of footmen. So that when I bring you to the place of elevation and chariots, men on chariots come, you will overcome them. Have you noticed that people have gone through difficulties when they are lifted, they are humble. They don't look down on people who are now trying to climb. So there's a certain complaint when you do. It does not bother God. What, what Psalm did I quote? 74. Put it there, let's see. Look at it. Everybody, one go. Oh God, why have you cast us off forever? Let's go. Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Continue. Remember your congregation which you have purchased of old, the tribe of your inheritance. Let's jump to Psalm 41, 42, verse 2. Let me give you one last one and then I'll jump from there. And I'll come back to... Psalm 142. Mm-hmm. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. Mm-hmm. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I'll do what? I pour out my complaint before And what happens? I declare before him my trouble. Uh-huh. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, uh-huh. then you knew my path uh-huh. in the way in which I walk. Uh-huh. They have secretly set a snare for me. Uh-huh. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Uh-huh. Refuge has failed me. Uh-huh. No one cares for me. He is talking to God. Let's jump to Psalm 18. Everybody likes Psalm 18, right? But you, you, you jump to the lower verses most of the time. Start from the beginning. And let's see. One go. I will love you, O Lord, with uh-huh. strength. Uh-huh. The Lord is my rock and my fortress uh-huh. and my deliverer. He's thanking God, though. Let's go. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Let's go. My shield and the horn of my salvation. Let's go. My stronghold. Let's go. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Verse 4, quickly. The pangs of death surrounded me. So he's talking past tense. He went through... The reason why verse 1 to verse 3, he's praising God. He has already complained to God. So he's telling what happened to him. What happened? Death came at him. Pangs of death. What's the meaning of the word pangs? Pain. Pain. Serious pain. He went through it. Let's go. The pangs of death surrounded me. Uh-huh. Flats of ungodliness. The flats of ungodliness. Flats represent a, a torrent of troubles. It, it wasn't small. It's a flat. A lot. Let's go. The sorrows of soul surrounded me. Hell itself brought its sorrows. Now, hell made me cry. The gate of hell prevailed and I wept. Let's go. The snares of death confronted me. Traps for me to die. They confronted me. It came against me. Sometimes it's not one year. It's not two years. So I do also. It's a lot. Let's go. 
Verse 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. When I was going through this distress, I called upon the Lord. I, in other words, I complained to the Lord. Otherwise, I cried. Continue. And cried out to my God. I cried out, Lord, what is this? Lord, what is this? Pangs of death. Sorrows of shoal. Snares, traps. The pain of death and the traps of death. One man, what have I done? Remember Jedi. So he said he complained to God. And what happened? Let's go. He heard my voice from his temple. What did he do? He heard so you see Psalm 55 is true. When I complain, when I make my complaint to God, when I remember to God, when I, when I, when I, when I, when I he will hear me. Do you understand me? Walk before me and be blameless. In other words, when you have trouble, don't go and be saying, hey, I'm caught in a, 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 a blue kiosk and be complaining. See, I, be, I won't go to church again. I went to church. There's a time that has come. They say, church hurt or something. Church hurt. People have stopped going to church and they are making uh, TikTok and YouTube videos. How their church has hurt them and they won't go to church again. Complain a memory against God. When somebody hurts you in church, you go to God. Because it is in church people will hurt you. The people around you are the people who will hurt you. Not the people far away. Do you understand me? The one closest to you is the one who will flatulate on you. We will send a lie. It's not the people close to you that can smell your fat. Like yesterday, my kids were eating. One says one has fatter, so you eat the food again. <laughs> it became a serious issue. They don't want to eat the food again. Master, I said the fat cannot enter the food. Even if the fat entered the food, the watcher that you'll be eating is not done by the Nima Gota. It's not where the smell is bad that the watcher is sweetest. I saw TikTok. A man was complaining. He apparently he sells uh, food stuff and money. He said somebody came to buy money and the money doesn't smell enough. <laughs> so he told the get person to um on the thing and uh, make it smell. <laughs> and the person got angry. What's this? Of late, I'm refining my language. What's in Nguswe? Praise the Lord. The one you are closest to is the one that will hurt you. If you like get married to that beautiful girl, that handsome guy, he's the one that will hurt you. And you. The one who make you cry is the one closest to you. Do you get me? But there is a way to complain that will give you answer rather than God's anger. You go to God. Father, I don't like the way when apostle comes and he's prophesying, he doesn't mind me. Go to God. He will answer you. Don't tell you that it is intentional. <laughs> Hallelujah. Put the scripture there. Let's go. He heard my voice from his temple. Uh-huh. And my cry came before him uh-huh. to his ears. Uh-huh. Verse 7, quickly. Then the earth shook and trembled. He said God got angry. Why? Because all the foundations of the earth are out of place. In the dark places are the habitations of evil. So God got angry that. Why? Foundations of earth, I set you in place. Pillars of earth, I set you in place. Why are you not working in, for my, in favor for my child? So God did what? 
And the earth shook and trembled. Uh-huh. The foundations uh-huh. of the hills also quaked and were shaken. Let's go. Because he was angry. Because God was angry at the injustice. He said, in all your affliction, he is afflicted. So he gets angry. Let's go. Smoke went up from his nostrils. He, God began to breathe. And for the first time, people began to see smoke coming out of God. Hey. Let's go. And devouring fire from his mouth. My God. He is more than a dragon. When God gets angry, he is worse than a dragon. That's why one day I read the Bible. The Bible is a cause. He said, he's a great and a terrible God. He said, he himself said, I am a terrible God. God didn't wait for human beings to call him terrible. He said, me, myself. I know I am terrible. Hey, have you seen God angry before? Smoke is coming from his nose. Fire from his mouth. This is more than dragon. It's more than what? Dragon. The non-Ghanians, I wonder why I'm saying dragon. That's how the uneducated Ghanaians say it. Dragon. Like the, the Ashantis say gay, not girl. Gay. Tomatoes, not tomato. Tomatoes. Then we cut it chakra and make it into. <laughs> Those. Hallelujah. Amen. Then what happened? Verse 9. Uh-huh. He bowed the heavens also. He bowed the heavens because of one man. Because of one man. Let me tell you, you are precious to God. Though. Amen. You are precious to God. I keep saying, when you pray God, he hears you. Amen. When you pray God, he hears you. So, bon he bowed the heavens. Then what happened? And came down with darkness under his feet. Uh-huh. And he rode upon a cherub. He rode upon the cherub. And flew. Uh-huh. He flew on the wings of the wind. My God. Let's go. He made darkness his secret place. He made sure that whilst he's coming, people will not know that he's the one coming. So he covered himself with darkness so that he will exact judgment on the, on the, on the, on the things that are afflicting you. Let's go. His canopy around him was dark waters. Dark waters. He doesn't, he doesn't want the enemy to know that he's the one coming. Let's go. From the brightness before him, uh-huh. thick clouds pass with hailstones. Let's go. Fire. Let's go. The Lord thundered from heaven. He thundered. And said what? And the most I uttered his voice. Uh-huh. Hailstones and coals of fire. When God said, enough! Enough of the affliction. 24 years is enough. 15 years is enough. Family curses, it is enough. Ancestral powers, it is enough. Amen. Poverty, it is enough. Amen. My people have suffered too much, it is enough. Amen. You have ridden upon their backs too much, it is enough. My people have been complaining. It is enough. He said, the cry of Israel has come to me from Egypt and I have come to deliver them. It is enough. That's why when I was growing up, there was a popular song in most of the churches in the SU. It's a cry upon him. And he will save you. Oyonyame, he is God. The almighty God. Let's go. Then what happened? The Lord thundered from heaven. Uh-huh. And the most high 
He sent out his arrows. He sent out his arrows. When you remember to God, when you complain to God with that good heart, he will send forth his arrows. God has arrows. God can send arrows. Ah, Lord. Enemy has arrows. Psalm 91. He said, you will not be afraid of the arrows of the enemy. But God also has arrows which are shot at the enemy, which are shot at the circumstances. God that he, and he did what? And scattered the foe. The word foe is enemies. And let's go. Lightnings in abundance and he vanquished. He can send lightnings. When you complain to God, when you murmur against injustice to God, he will release his lightning and thunder. May God send forth his arrows on your behalf. May God send forth his thunder upon your behalf. May God send lightnings on your behalf. May the injustice that afflict your life and destiny be crushed by the power of God. In the name of Jesus. Whatever threatens your life and destiny against the will of God, from this day, may the arrows of God, may God show up as a terrible man of war on your behalf. May the fire come from his mouth and smoke from his nose against your enemy. Against anything that opposes your life and destiny. Let's go. Then the channels of the sea were seen. Let's go. The foundations of the world were uncovered. Uh-huh. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. Uh-huh. So, wait. Go back. 16. So, now you understand why the, his nostrils was filming with smoke. It was to do what? To uncover the channels of the sea and the foundations of the world. The foundations of injustice. Everything God does has a purpose. The answer God gives to people who complain to him. That kind of complaint, that kind of memory. According to Psalm 55, he said, I'll complain to the Lord. He will hear me. And I'm giving you an example. Somebody who complained to God and the answers he got. But there's a certain kind of complaint. If you do, God will kill you. May God never kill you. I declare that you'll be blameless in that sin. You will be blameless. You will not commit that sin. The kind of complaint and memory that makes people, James 3 verse 2, put it there first. For we all stumble in many things. Uh-huh. If anyone does not stumble in words, if anybody does not stumble in words, in complaining, uh-huh. he's a perfect man. He's a perfect man. He's a blameless man. Let's go. Able also to bridle the whole body. Able also to bridle. Other versions are able to direct his own body. In other words, eh, when you are complaining in the ways God does not like, like talking about God to people badly and talking about your fellow brother. I'll give you a scripture to back that. Your brother. Only you'll be in and now you are working with a boss or you are your parent and you are insulting your parents to other people. You are insulting your superiors to other people. Those kind of complaints and grumbling. The Bible says that when you do that, you put your life in disarray. But when you are perfect with your mouth, you don't complain against your brother, your sister, other people. He said you bridle, you direct your life. Your life will go on beautifully. Be careful. There are consequences. Bad ways. Bad consequences in grumbling. Eh? I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. All those things, it will put your life in disarray. Don't take the scripture away. Do you understand me? Tell yourself, I will not grumble against people. But I will grumble to God. People make mistakes. 
Leaders can make mistakes. So if you are, if you have a complaint, you either go to the person and say, "Oh, boss, the way you did it, you know, I think it was not good. The way you spoke to us, I think it was not good." Or you go to God and say, "Father, the way our my boss is going, the way my father is going, I think it will bring trouble. Please have mercy. I don't think it's good." Those two I just said will, will will keep you out of trouble. But when you start spreading that problem to people, I was telling the uh, men of God. The reason why Jesus Christ rebuked his mother when his mother came to him and said, they don't have wine in the party. Okay? It's because God respects order and authority. God does not want you to complain about anything to a third party. You have gone to a party the wine is finished. The party is not over. Go to the, you know where the resolution. Go to the master of ceremony and say, boss, you guys, you have run out of wine, no? But I have a solution. I know somebody who can help. Don't go to the one who has a solution and say, this boy, they don't have wine. Now, Jesus said, what have I to do with you? You are not the one to come and complain to me about this trouble. You don't have the right. You don't have the right. Tell your neighbor you don't have the right. right. Romans says, how dare you to complain, to murmur against another man's servant. God is able to make that person stand. Look at how Jesus corrects it. He brings solution, but he didn't give it to his mother to go and give to them. Number one. Neither does he tell the servant to go and save the people. How does he do? He says, take this and go and give it to the master of ceremony. The one in charge of the wedding. Let me tell you something. This, this thing, God told me many years ago. God showed me, explained many years ago. I was humble. I had never seen that scripture like that. Ever in my life. He said, never, ever talk against a system when there is somebody in charge. If you see a problem, go to the person and say, I think this thing has this flaw. If we did it this way or if we talk to this person, it can help us. You have set your life on course. But you go and complain about your family to somebody, and most of the time, the people you even complain to are not people who will help your family. The person you are insulting your mother to will not help your family. The person you are insulting your father to will not help you. So why are you doing it? You think you are better than your mother. Wait till what 14 to behave like that meets you. Do you understand me? Let's be careful. Let's be blameless. Tell, me, tell yourself I will be blameless. I will be blameless. Those of you outside, please say, say I will be blameless. I will Say, I will be blameless. I will be blameless. Hallelujah. Amen. Yemfa obi wan sem enko kancho obia. Obia wari asem enya wasem. Umom pae mana afe mudin. Do you understand me? You see somebody is going through a distress. If you won't pray for the person, keep quiet. Then it's not discussion. Hey, have you heard? Heard what? I have a friend, Prophet Pascal. He said, people, sometimes somebody will call and say, man of God, I heard this person saying, I said, shut up. I don't want to know. 
I don't want to hear. I don't want what you are saying. Is it benefit? Will it benefit me? Will it make me happy? Uh, Philippians, Paul told the Philippians, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is pure, that thing that you want to come and say, no, is it pure? Is it beneficial? Is it praiseworthy? I want to think on these things, so those are what I want to hear. You understand me? When you do that, you, 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 you are constantly sanctifying yourself. You are constantly attaining the image and likeness. You are perfecting holiness in you. And those things, there is no law against it. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? I know most of us are guilty on these things. We complain about our teachers to other people. We complain about one friend to another. We, all those things. It sets your life. Look at it. Everybody, one go. For we all stumble in many things. Uh-huh. If anyone does not stumble in word, mm-hmm. he's a perfect man, mm-hmm. able also to bridle the whole body. Uh-huh. Have you noticed that? Yes, sir. So when you are blameless in this, you, you are able to bridle your body, number one. Number two, when you are blameless... You, you have God as a shield. Proverbs 2 verse 7. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk upright. Give me the version to do that, uh, the, those who are blameless. Upright, blameless is the same thing. He's a shield. He's a shield to them. Psalm 15 verse 1 to 3. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Who dwell where God is? He, Not who ascend though. 24 says, Psalm 24 says who ascend. But this one, he said, who will stay there? And look at the characteristics of the people who can stay in God's presence. Verse 2. And enjoy his goodness. Who walks uprightly. Number one, he who walks blamelessly. Blamelessly. The word upright is blamelessly. Let me say blamelessly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Blamelessly. And that's what? And works righteousness. And works righteousness. And speaks the truth in his heart. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Works righteousness. Speaks the truth. Speaks the truth. May your mouth be sanctified. May your words never bring trouble to your life. Hallelujah. Because Psalm 119 verse. Verse what? One. One go. Everybody. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. Who walk in the law of the Lord? Give me another version. The word undefiled, do you see it there? Let's go. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Amplified. How blessed and favored by God are those whose way is blameless. Uh-huh. Those with personal integrity, the upright, the guileless, who walk in the law and who are guided by the precepts and revealed with guided by precepts. So I told you when you are walking blamelessly, it means that you are guided by the ways of the Lord. Guided, blameless. You are doing things the way God says you should do it. So when your mommy accuses you, cry, you did the way God says you should do it. So you are blameless. You are blameless. You have when, 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 yesterday when Prophet um, Bishop Osetti was about to pre- uh, give me a word, he said this thing, I am saying, because I know who God has told me to say it. God has revealed to you and I'm saying it. He said, if there is any child later to me, 
A man will not speak like that if he has not heard from directly from God. He knows what he has heard. He knows that his integrity is on the line. He can defend it. So he said, this matter I'm going to tell you. You don't know about it, but this is that says the Lord. Then he gives the word. Do you understand me? So if you don't understand, say, how can the man of God say this? How can the man of God say this? God says he hates this. Da, 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 da. But why is he? He said, I heard it late at my church. Do you understand me? Blameless. He said, those who are blameless, they are blessed. They are what? Philippians chapter, let me end there. I've given you how many benefits? Two or three? Eh? How many? Let's do Philippians. Let me end there. Chapter 2, from verse 14 to 16. Oh, there are some things I wanted to tell you. Okay. Philippians? Wait, let's do, let's do, let's do something first. The consequence of grumbling in the wrong way. I've told you how to grumble in the wrong way, right? How to grumble in the wrong way. Gather people and insult your friend to them. Number one. Number two. Gossip about people everywhere. Gossip about your boss. Number three. Insult systems and ways that have been put in place by your leader. Rambling. When your mother said, Come and wash the dishes, and why is it that every day I'm the only one who my own, when my other people are, are, are watching TV? Everything you complain about, everything you grumble, complain about everything, grumble about everything. Why you do that? One day, you see that your whole life has scattered because of this. When you grumble, you prove grumbling is a sign that you are stumbling or you are backsliding. John chapter 6 verse 61. John 6 61. John 6 61. But Uh Jesus, aware that his disciples were complaining about it, Uh asked them, does this cause you to stumble and take offense? Okay, so he gave an instruction. He gave a word. And then the people started complaining. In their hearts, not to him, but in their hearts. <laughs> How many of you are complaining about things you had before? How many of you come to church and we are not closing on time and you are drumming in your heart? He says, when you grumble, when he knew that they were complaining, he asked them, when he was aware that they were complaining in their heart, he asked, does this, what I have said, cause you to stumble. Whilst you are complaining, you are stumbling, you are backsliding. May you not backslide. May you not stumble. What does it mean to stumble? To trip. What is, what follows tripping? So when you are grumbling, it means that you are tripping. That's why the U.S. people, when you start com- when you go, you complaining about something, say, why are you tripping? It means that what you are saying, yes, indeed you are. You, you, are, you have tripped over something. You are falling down, Master. Stand. What you are complaining about is useless. Do you understand? May you not trip. May you not trip. 
And this time they were tripping over something that Jesus has said. He said, does this cause you to what? Stumble and number two, take offense. So grumbling always comes with offense. The people who are always offended, they always grumble. And they are all a sign and a symptom of the state of the fallen heart. May your heart be restored. Amen. May your heart be restored. Amen. May God sanctify you. Amen. I said this year you will prosper. Hey, this year money will come to you. Amen. This year you will walk in wealth. Amen. This year you will prosper. Amen. This year your business will excel. Amen. This year angels will visit you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You will excel. Everything that has stopped you from encountering these things, God is removing them as I speak to you. You will enjoy life this year. I see somebody, I don't know why God is saying, I see somebody change his whole wardrobe. It means that somebody must change their wardrobe. When they are not check. When you grumble, you get destroyed. 1 Corinthians 10.10. When you grumble, the way God hates it, you no. Know? So be now unyuny chat man for na oko oki can in some infim and a me kwa ye me say and a me 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 wife I me say and a me girlfriend why me say and a one to chocolate mame and one to wig mame and a share one go. No, let's let's start from verse go to verse five. Let me see something. Verse five. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Let's go to verse 1, so for clarity's sake, and let's read it fast, fast, fast. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. So it is possible to be enjoying the, the, the commonwealth blessing, the corporate blessing, but God is not happy with you. And there is a consequence when God is not happy with you about something. Let's go. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. You see, when God is not happy with you, because of a particular thing, and God is going to show you why he was not happy with them, and why he scattered their bodies. Let's go. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not last after evil things. Number one. They also lasted. Number two. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. Number three. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink. And rose up and rose up to play. They sat down to eat and to drink. And they rose up to play. What he's talking about, they rose up to engage in foolishness, carousing. Don't become like the prodigal son who gets the blessings and go out for routers living. Don't change your standard of living. Change your standard of giving. Be a giver. Use your wealth to bless other people. Because of your wealth, let somebody's life also increase. Do you understand me? My, my number one desire 
is to ensure that the people that come around me, sometimes people think that I have so much money. I realized that last week I was complaining to God during fire camp. I was getting calls. This, this, before fire camp, I was getting calls. When fire camp, I go to my room, I call this, I was for this. I was telling somebody that, look, when you see me give, it's not because I have all. I shouldn't say this to you because I want you to say, make money and things. But all my money is here. I don't have savings account anywhere. It's not a good life to live according to your faith. Me, I'm, I'm fine. Do you understand me? If you come and give me a thousand cities, in front, if you like, stay with me for one hour. You see that I've sent the money to different people. But from last week up to this week, uh, fact, I was like, Father, enough. Why do people think I'm rich? You'll be there. People are, I have liquidity issues. I'm very rich. Just, uh, people also for my accommodation, also for something to eat, so also for my family, also for my children's school fees, also for I want to do Uber business. Can you get me a car? I said, Master, what is this one? And some of you even think that the church money is my money. Yes. The finance people are here. Where are they? Where are the finance people? Bishop Boche. If I want money, I come to Bishop Boche. Ask him. If I need anything, and it's not you, I call. Bishop, find out whether you people have some 500 CDs for me. That's what I have. When you used to handle my finances, that's not what I do. You think church money is my money? I don't come near church money. I don't know how much they have. I ask, sometimes I ask, please find out from the finance team how much they have. Then Bishop will say, Apostle, what do you need? I say, you find out first. Apostle, you tell me what you need. I say, you find out. When he tells me, I know that I say, you forget about this. I'm going for money. Now go to say, Father, can we liquefy some of the assets and give me? I need a thousand seeds to solve this problem right now. Then I forget about it. I leave my day. Sometimes before the day will end or the following day, somebody will come with an envelope. Apostle God says, I should give you this envelope. Then the person will go, open his thousand seeds. say, Father, thank you. Liquidity issues have been solved. Somebody's angry with me, very, very angry with me. She came to my office. She came to my office, and it's not what you are thinking about. She came to my office, and she brought ten thousand CDs. Me, I didn't know it was ten thousand CDs in the in the envelope. It was in hundred, no, two hundred bills. We said two hundred, you know, flat. Into me, make say. So whilst we were talking in the office, those were. We're talking. Then somebody came. I was, then I said, hey, I don't have money. I said, okay, let me open this envelope and see. When I open, I kind of think, I said, hey, okay, I have money. All right. <laughs> I've forgotten that the person who brought the money was sitting there. Then I took the tithe out. I put it down. Then I counted 5,000. Was left with, uh, no, no, it was left with 3,000. I took 2004. Then, when the person left, no, somebody also came. She, 1080. Look, the money, all the money finished, except with the tithe, in one hour. When the person was about to go to my house, I said, Apostle, you know I'm not happy with you. I said, why? He said, in front of me, 
I gave you this money that is for you and your family for the month in front of me. He didn't even wait for me to go. In front of me. Recently, the person called me. He said, how are you taking care of yourself? I said, God is taking care of yourself. I said, you are doing that thing that you did the last time. I said, is that why you don't want to give me money? <laughs> Bring the money left. From that time, the person has never given me any money again, no. And I know God is speaking to her to bring some money. And she's calling to ask me, Apostle, how do you take care of yourself? But I bring the money. You are watching me. If I have and somebody's in need, I will not withhold it. The, the, the value of money is to help people. I heard a man of God say, human beings are assets, not things. So invest with people. Do you understand me? But that doesn't mean that when we close, come and hijack me. Right now, fire camp, I sacrifices. Hallelujah. When you give, it's not because of anointing or something. I like what you were. I broke your heart like a fire camp. It's good. That kind of heartbreak is very good for you. Godly sorrow, that's what brings repentance. Okay. I want you to do everything with the right motive because, look, you must prosper. And you will prosper. So what I say, your marriage will prosper. Your children will excel because God sees you as blameless. Let's go, let's go. Time is up. Why is it when I deviate and I talk small and then the time goes, where, where were we? One Corinthians. One Corinthians. Uh-huh. Everybody, let's go. Let's finish it. Let's reach verse 10. Verse 8. Uh-huh. Let's go. Now let us commit sexual immorality uh-huh. as some of them did. And uh-huh. one day 23,000 fell. So the consequence of that one, you've seen it. Let's go quickly. Now let us tempt Christ as uh-huh. some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. So when you tempt God, serpents will, tempt, will destroy you. Okay, let's go. Ten, no complain as some of them also complain. No complain. Other version says no member. Another version says oh, let that, no grumble. Let's go. No complain as some of them also complain and were destroyed by the destroyer. They were doing what? They were what? So when you complain, God steps away and the destroyer gets you. Some, there is a story. We didn't have time to go into it. Uh, I think it is Numbers. Numbers 13 and Numbers 14. People complain against the leader. Okay, Moses. And God opened the ground. And over 26,000 people were swallowed up. The Numbers is not hitting you. Eh? In what country right now have you seen 26,000 people die at once? The turkey, they didn't get to 26,000. No. In front of them, Moses said, if you're on the Lord's side, join me. If you're, not, if you're on Korah's side, join Korah. They went there. The earth opened, swallowed them. Then the earth closed again. Then the earth burped. I would think that that... Let's go there. Let's read it. Is it Numbers 14? So all It's what? 16. Numbers 16. Okay. 
Now Korah, the son of Isaac, the son of Kohath. No, 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 no. I want the verse. I just want one verse. Where the following one, the people woke up and came to that verse uh, and, and came to tell Moses that you are the cause of the death of the people. Verse 41. The same 16, verse 41. Okay, let's go. Read it. After the disaster had happened, and I thought that would make people fear God and say, okay, we'll not complain again. No. The people who didn't die, no. Against a system and the way of God, and God has killed them. Then the people who didn't suffer, no, they woke up the following day. Read it, everybody. Uh-huh. All the congregation of the children of Israel who came to stay, stand beside uh, Moses that they are on the Lord's side, and they saw the people who were complaining and were not on God's side. When they saw them killed, the following day, all of them, not some of them, what did they do? Read. On the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Again! That's what? You have killed the people of the Lord. (laughs) You have done what? Killed the people of the Lord. Put yourself in Moses' shoes. What will you do? Say, we are Moses and Kadena Abeh. No, answer. If you are Moses, what would you do? You let the S swallow this one too. No, this one, you let the class swallow them. Let's read 42 and let me see. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting and suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. 43. Then Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Uh Uh-huh. 44, quickly. Get, get away from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So Moses and Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. 46, quickly. Put incense on it and uh-huh. take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For, for them. M- Moses knew that by the time God is saying, he has started killing the people already. So he told Aaron, Aaron, get up. Move quickly to the people, to their homes, to their tent. And stand there because the plague has started. God has started killing. Have you seen complain? In our modern day, Christ has come to die. So we don't see that instant swift justice. But it still takes place. I beg you. Okay? God has vowed to bless you. Don't let your heart and your mouth lead you astray. Be blameless before God. If you don't understand something about any leader, your own is to talk to God or shut up. Do you hear me? You don't understand anything about your brother, your sister. Your own is to talk to God or approach the person. Ruth, why do you like um, uh, why do you like that boy so much? I should ask him. No, I want to ask you. Don't say, hey, Ruth is a stubborn girl. You know that Ruth is a stubborn girl. What does she like this guy? I said, it isn't your matter. Even if what she's doing is wrong and you really love her, you go to a Ruth. I think where you are going is bad. Then you go to God and say, Father, help my, my sister. 
That is our work. Everything else is useless. How dare you accuse another man's servant? She is another man's servant. She's God's servant. Yours is not to complain. Because once you are telling her this, no matter how much she loves her, okay, you are sowing seeds of discord in her mind against her. Have you seen? This is free relationship counseling. Those of you who are going to get married, okay, make sure that your in-laws never know any bad thing about your spouse. Defend your spouse in front of your in-laws, in front of your siblings, in front of your parents, in front of your uncles and friends. Because when you solve your problem, what you planted in their heart is still there forever. They will see her as bad. They will see him as bad. Don't do that. Catch on you. Don't do that. This is free relationship counseling. Since you like relationship counseling. I want to close. I want to close. I've given you only... How many did I give you? Consequences of grumbling. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 so that I close. Philippians chapter 2, 14. Quickly. Philippians 2, 14. Do yes. all things without complaining and disputing. Do all things. Give me amplified. I think that will help us. For Amplified. Do everything without murmuring or questioning the providence of God. Again. Do everything without murmuring or questioning the providence of God. It's the same thing. Do everything without grumbling. Do everything without grumbling. Do everything. I, I like to use the word grumbling because that's what you understand more. Do everything, not some things. Everything means everything. Whether you are in school, you are at work, you are in church, you are with your husband, you are with your wife, you are, your husband came back late. He said, Charlie, can you prepare food for me? He said, today, I didn't plan to cook. Uh-huh. Let me stand somewhere and say this. He says he will eat jollof with tolo beef. And he didn't say it in the morning. He said it just when you have lay on the bed to take a nice nap. Ajo, if it is you, what will you do? Ajo, if it is you, what will you do? Repair the jello. <laughs> Some of that jello fam. Hey, man, don't eat it. Who yim to make cameral? They will intentionally put a yim to inside, or they will put salt inside. They, they 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 will cook it away that next time when they are sleeping, you come and ask them to cook again. If you are like that, change. Okay, say I will change. I'll change. Say I will change. I'll change. It's true. Sometimes husbands are like that. Sometimes husbands are annoying. I didn't say very. I said sometimes. Eh? Sometimes husbands are annoying. Sometimes you cook plenty. We will eat small. Sometimes you cook small. Then we want more. It's very what? Brother, what's it? Confusing. Don't grumble. Why are you grumbling? 
Do everything without grumbling. Do everything without grumbling. Hallelujah. I think if I go there, some people will. So let me continue. Okay. So that, so that, he said don't grumble. So that what will happen? You may prove yourself. So not grumbling. Refusing to grumble is one way to prove that what? You are blameless. Okay? Not grumbling, not complaining, not murmuring is one sure sign to show that you are blameless. Because he said in uh, James 3, 2, that if you don't falter with your mouth, if you don't grumble, if your, your mouth is clean, you are blameless or perfect and you're able to bridle or direct your whole life. Do you understand me? In the Mpredua, the Biana Unini, now Casacasano, a treasure, Unvie Paye on Yamimuye. Ujidian Vie Paye. It means that you are not complete. You are not growing in Christ. It means you are not what? Growing in Christ. Let's go. Put the scripture there. Let's finish it and then we are gone. Uh-huh. So that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and guileless, uh-huh. innocent, innocent and, and uncontaminated. So you see, the 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 pro, the, the, the the consequences of um, grumbling, murmuring. It means that you are not blameless. It means you are guilty. It means you are not innocent. It means that you are contaminated. You understand me? In I say, when you are blameless, you are innocent, you are uncontaminated, and you are children of God without blemish in the midst. Do you understand me? So when you murmur, it means you are not blameless. But when you refuse to murmur, it means that you are blameless, and you prove that indeed you are a child of God. One way to prove that you are a child of God is that you are not complaining to people. Your complaint is to God, not to people against the ways of God. You, you are not insulting leaders like we read in uh, Numbers 14 right now. You are not insulting your parents, your fellow brother, your sister. Do you understand? I don't know what you have heard, but put your hand on your heart and close your eyes. And say, Father, as I walk before you, help me to be blameless. Because you have covenanted to bless me. May I walk in your blessings. Help me to tame my tongue and to tame my heart. May my words bring glory to you. Teach me to make my complaints to you only. And Lord, and Lord, help me to be quiet about your ways, about people in the name of Jesus. Please pray for me one minute. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministry.